Certainly one of the questions we're asking about this market environment. Will the good times continue to roll? With us right now to talk a little bit about the markets is uh, Doug Sioka, of course. Doug Sioka, back with us, Chief Executive Officer and Partner at Cavar Capital Partners, roughly $600 million in assets under management, based in Leewood, Kansas, and that's where we find him. Doug, I'm just going to tell you, somebody is listening, one of uh, our many listeners, and he just tweeted at me and said, we've got some, Carol Master, some awesome guests and discussions today, so you cannot... Don't mess it up for me, buddy. I'm just telling oh, you. Oh, I love the pressure. Fantastic. <laughs> well, you, you do the awesome part. I'll answer the question. Hey, good times roll. Uh, you know, I feel like this is a market that continues to grind higher. We're seeing growth around the world. Um, I don't know, Goldilocks environment or what? Uh, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think that there's still a lot of positive undertones for the stock market um, moving higher in the trajectory may be called into question given some of the headwinds of geopolitics and prospectively the Fed and how we've raised the bar underlying economic growth. And, of course, there's a big couple weeks in front of us with, with what's going to take place with quarterly earnings reports coming through the third quarter. But, you know, it's hard in, in, in this time of year uh, for us to resist any analogies to what's taking place in the baseball, because here we are mm-hmm. now entering the playoffs. And right. You, at least in New York, have a playoff team. We in Kansas City this year, unfortunately, do not. But <laughs> Sorry. Whether you're managing a team or managing money, right, you've got to assess the competitive landscape, and then you've got to reinforce your lineup. And we think of that in the same context going into the fourth quarter and how we work with the investment opportunities in our clients' portfolios. So, as I mentioned, some of the headwinds add to that legislative gridlock, which I don't even know if that's a headwind any longer. It's just become... Uh, sort of accepted in the markets generally as our most investors ambivalent. Mm. But we think you've got to, Carol, focus on economically sensitive sectors within the stock markets. We think domestically opportunities are uh, very plentiful. I mean, amazingly, right, if you look at fund flows, and Bank of America, Merrill Lynch does a wonderful job in, in tracking this on a monthly basis, Money's flowed out of the United States into Europe, into emerging markets. And from a contrarian perspective, there are a lot of opportunities there to still put money to work. And we think doing so in an active fashion is highly recommended at this point of the cycle. Right. And we've had an awful lot of guests come on and say, you know, I, I don't see real problems with the United States. It's just gotten a little bit expensive. And so if I'm looking for, you know, a better value play, I am going to go to Europe. How much, I mean, I'm assuming you're on that team as well. We, I think we were on that team. We're, we're coming, we're, we're repatriating a little bit, maybe mm. in, in uh, consistently with what's hoped for a component of that tax reform that ultimately passes. You know, if we, I think some of the lower hanging fruit, given the uh, depths of the crises in which the European countries in particular were coming out of, we had made a case for a year and a half to two years that they were actually extracting more benefit for every unit of monetary policy they were infusing into those economies because of the number of member countries and the importance that they'd be on the same page and not write checks they couldn't cash very unlike here in the United States. So they attracted a lot of opportunity because of five to seven years of underperformance and much higher expected returns. We would actually make the case the expected returns now are higher domestically. So, Doug, i got to ask you, so you're in Leewood, Kansas, and so you go to the Cafe Provence or the Capitol Grill and you meet somebody. What is it that they want to know about the global environment, the market environment? 
Yeah, I think like like anyone, in, whether it's in Leewood, the capital market, or in Washington, D.C., in capital market, I think people are, are nervous, and you made reference to it in a lead-in, with the extent of the, the, the time that this bull market has run. And is mm. it due to expire? And I saw a really good communicated come out of a big family office um, symposium in California last week. And there was never a period of time when more dollars were held in cash equivalents. Mm. And this BMA, BA, the B of A Merrill Lynch study I just mentioned, right now almost 5% of all institutional capital is in cash. So there's this fear, that proverbial wall of worry, that has been climbed. And I think it's, it, it's more from the standpoint of marking calendar than marking valuation. And I think that is probably a, a poor leading indicator. It's a poor fashion by which to make investments, just assuming because the business cycle is always existed and will always exist, there has to be a period of time where the day of reckoning is right upon us. So I want to be preemptive so I don't go through that same sort of a cyclical downturn like I did twice in the last 15 years. Right. Barry Ritholtz wrote a great piece for Bloomberg View a week or so ago. Carol, I don't know if you had a chance to see it. I talked to Speaking Barry. About... He walks by me all the time. We talk. <laughs> well, great. He wrote a great piece that basically saying that the, the, the title of it, which was There's Nothing old about this bull market. <laughs> and you may have spoken to him about this, but yeah. the fact that we have this cathartic discharge of bear to bull and bull to bear and this 20%, not intraday, but closing high to low to make sure we're then transitioning from one characterization to the other, you could have actually made the case we've done that twice yeah. since the market bottom in March of 09. So we don't think the market is super long in the twos, and I thought he did a fantastic job at articulating that. He's a great I love his observations and commentary. Um, listen, got about 40 seconds left here. Got it. I don't know. So if somebody's looking to commit new money, where do they go at this point? Where, what would you suggest? Be specific if you could, Doug. Yeah, you Just bet. Quickly, I mean, in yeah. general, we, we'd say if you're looking for a balanced approach, 70%-ish or so in stocks, 20 in fixed income, and 10 in alternatives. And within stocks, we would favor sectors like tech, where valuation is, is very attractive, growth is consistent, and balance sheets are strong, healthcare, which has been a woeful underperformer, and the valuations are extremely attractive, and financials, because we do see the, 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 uh, the yield curve steepening. We do think some legislation is going to make it through, through, through that makes them attractive as well. Always good to get some time with you. Doug, thank you. Doug Sioka, he's Chief Executive Officer, Partner at Cavar Capital Partners, roughly $600 million in assets, under management, based in Leewood, Kansas, and that's where we found Doug on the phone on this Thursday. All right, everybody, just moments away from the closing bell this Thursday. We're going to have those closing numbers in just a moment right here on Bloomberg. <laughs> 